Hello, friends, and welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where we believe that being resilient as a leader is not just a good idea, it's absolutely required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs, founder of Kairos Partnerships. Leader, how do you decide what to read? You've heard me say many times on this podcast that leaders are readers. In fact, I've never met a strong leader who wasn't also committed to reading as a significant vehicle and habit in their growth and development. A few weeks ago, I was flying on a plane to Denver to speak at a retreat, and the woman sitting next to me in 9D was reading a book that I not only recognized, but it was a book that I had been thinking seriously about picking up and reading. Pointing to her book, I said, I'm seriously considering reading that book. Are you liking it? I asked. And she said, eh, it's just all right. And then I asked her, why did you pick up that book specifically? I mean, how did you decide to pick up that specific one? There are millions of books in the world. Why devote your precious and limited time and energy to that particular one? I'd love to know your thought process of how you pick what books you read. And she said she'd not really considered that question before, but felt it would be important for her to think about it uh, in the future. But she said, I I guess it just looked interesting to me. And I listened to a few podcasts and they had mentioned it before. And then she turned it on to me and she said, "Uh, so how about you? How do you decide what books that you should read? And what I shared with her is what I want to share with you now. But before we jump into that, a little bit of context. You may remember that back in episode 62, I shared eight ridiculously practical reading habits of resilient leaders. You may want to go back and listen to that again. In that episode, I briefly touched on how we must be intentional about what we read. Like I shared with the woman sitting next to me on the flight, every book you choose to read, you're saying no to millions of other books as well. In our lifetimes, if we can't even read a fraction of all the published books in the world, we're going to have to be intentional with what we choose. I want to expound even further upon that idea that I mentioned in episode 62 of creating a reading filter. You have to have a filter or your reading will be aimless, chaotic, and spasmodic. But before I uh, developed a reading habit, a reading filter habit, a set of guiding principles for my reading, I would find myself getting overwhelmed when I would walk through Barnes and Nobles or when I would be given an Amazon gift card. I would think, all these books and so little time, how in the world am I going to decide? So I sat down and I developed a grid, a framework, a mental model, a decision tree, whatever you want to call it, regarding the books that I read. And once I've developed that, I found that I no longer get overwhelmed in trying to choose what books I should read. I feel uh, deeper purpose and confidence in my reading choices, and I no longer second-guessed myself. It doesn't mean that every book that I pick up was great, but most are. My batting average is pretty high, but it's helped guide me how I think about where do I need to read What do I need to read and how will I determine that? So here are the guiding principles of my reading that I want to pass on to you. Number one, how do you decide to read a book? Read to the gaps where you want to grow. Take a few minutes and write down where you want to grow in the next six to 12 months. Do you want to learn how to fix a leaky sink or how to speak Japanese or how to draw on your courage to navigate difficult and emotional conversations? How do you cultivate a healthy culture in your workplace? Or maybe you want to learn about the life and leadership lessons of Abraham Lincoln. Read to your areas of growth. Think about your goals. What do you want to accomplish in these next several months? You'll find that reading, if you can read to those goals and those gaps and where you want to grow, you'll find your reading to be that much more viable, number one. Number two, 
Don't succumb to slick advertising or feel the pressure that you have to read something just because seemingly every other person is reading it. You don't have to keep up with with the literary Joneses. The New York Times bestseller list is interesting to look at, but it doesn't mean you now have a homework assignment after reading it. Beautiful covers are nice. Clever titles are fun. Fancy ads in Time Magazine or pop-ups on websites are intriguing, but it doesn't mean it's where you should devote your time and your energy. So don't succumb to that slick advertising or feel that pressure. Number three in my decision-making tree of what to read is read books that unpack ideas or topics that you are already intensely curious about. I had to first ask myself, what am I curious about right now? What interests or fascinates me? And then when I came across a book addressing that curiosity, I would read it. So identify your itches, then find books that will scratch those particular itches. Or you don't even have to go looking for them. If you've got those itches, those interests, those fascinations, and all of a sudden you see a book, you read the back cover, you read the table of contents, you go, this is exactly what I've been wrestling with. Then then I jump on it. Number four, find the balance of reading old books and new books. C.S. Lewis offered the advice to not just read a new book until you first read an old one. Right now, I am reading a book that was published a few months ago and a book that was written over a hundred years ago by a French Dominican monk. Both are fascinating. So read authors who are alive and also those who are dead. Don't just read books written in the last decade. Stretch back to read old books as well. Number five, read specific authors. Now, I believe that some authors are so good These authors I learned so much from that whatever book they publish, I will read no matter what. People like Malcolm Gladwell, N.T. Wright, Andy Crouch, Malcolm Geit, David Brooks, Anne Lamott, Scott McKnight. They're just a few for me. But we all have our own author hit list, right? The, The greatest hits that we find, they're just consistent in the quality of their writing. So who are those authors for you? Make a list. Number six, read about the lives of people you admire. Biographies are great to learn from, especially if you're a leader. Books on great leaders and thinkers and people in your line of work can be really helpful. Those who inspire uh, your life and the lives of others. What made them tick? What habits did they develop? Who influenced them the most in their formative years? How do they see the world today? And what implications, if any, can their lives have on today? Number seven, rely on the opinions and recommendations of a few specific thinkers and leaders whom you trust. There are about four or five leaders that I know that whenever I'm around them, I ask, what are you reading these days? And whatever the answer, I write it down. Even if I've never heard of the book that they're recommending or even have have an interest in the book that they're reading, I often say, tell me why. Why do you like that book? Why did you pick that up? And whatever it is, write them down. And I often often purchase them. Um, They're almost always 100% correct. So make a list of leaders who read well, who think well, who are interesting, who lead interesting lives, and then ask them regularly, what are you reading right now? But maybe the more important thing is, why did you pick up that book and read it? And how did you go about deciding it? That is the question that I'm most interested in with those leaders. And lastly, number eight, read books about true things. Now, I read almost entirely nonfiction. Maybe once a year, I'll pick up a a, a fiction But I get a lot of pushback from other people about this. And you are free to disagree with me. But there is too much truth in the world that I need to learn first that I sense that I don't have enough time to read about the things that are untrue. I know, I know, I'll be getting hate mail for this. 
but hey, to each his own. I just don't read very much for entertainment. I learn uh, to grow and to be stretched. Most times I read for either information or formation. Now, I know that my filter isn't the only filter or decision tree that you can use to decide what books that you read, and that's fine. This is just my list that I've developed over the years, and maybe it's helpful for you. Regardless if you agree or disagree with my decision tree, I desire for all leaders to be purposeful, deliberate, and thoughtful about what they read. So I'm curious, listeners, what are your filters that you use by which you read? By what framework or grid are you making decisions of which books to pick up? I would love to hear. Maybe I'll learn some new principles to add to my decision tree as well. My email is in the show notes. Feel free to drop me a line. I would love to hear how you decide on what books you read. Remember, that you read is important. Learning what leaders are reading is fascinating. But understanding why you read and how you decide what you read and thus making an intentional decision of what not to read is deeply important. Well, thank you for joining me today. And thanks, as always, to Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Joel produces all of the episodes of this podcast. And Joel is also a voracious and fascinating reader himself. If you have video or podcast production needs, Joel helps, Joel helps to tell your story in clear and compelling ways. You can visit onalimproductions.com or visit the show notes to learn more about Joel and the good work that he does. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning. And remember, read, but be purposeful in your reading. Know why you read, and you can find the act of reading to be even more valuable than you have in the days ahead.